podcast is for the boss bitches, rich bitches, broke bitches, bitch ass niggas. <laughs> it's the Bitch Code Podcast. Welcome to the Bitch Code Podcast with Ashley and Company. We are powered by our radio. It is your girl, your favorite author, Ashley Antoinette. And I am here with one of my favorite chicas, Miss V. Hey, everybody. Good morning. It's early. It is early. It's too early. It's way too early. (laughs) (laughs) We usually start every show off with a shot, but seeing as how it's 8 a.m. where we are, we are going to skip that phase today. Yes. Can we take a shot of espresso or something? Right. That's what we should have done. You know what we should have (laughs) done? We should have taken another shot of of, um, spiked espresso. Oh. A little bit of both worlds. I love both worlds. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So how are you feeling? You feeling good? I'm feeling really, really good um, today. School's almost over for me. Thank God. Almost, uh, Girl, when you've had you kids, you don't realize, like, how excited the end of the school year is yes. until you have a child. Right, because you're exhausted, too. Yes. It's not just him in school every day. You go through the same things he goes through. The whole process. The whole process. He comes you. home exhausted. I'm exhausted. It's See? like... And I don't even got no regular job. I'm still exhausted. I got all day to myself. And I'll still be like, yeah, this is some bullshit. (laughs) That mom hat is ridiculous sometimes. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. It does. And it's a a beautiful crown. It is. It's sparkly. (laughs) It's blingy. Mom, wife, boss. Like, it's amazing. But, okay. We got to get right into tea time. Let's do it. You know, we're going to always start with the fun stuff, the gossip. But we have some sad news today. Mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali died. That is, you know what, though? I'm no conspiracy theorist. I was about to say, you sound but- a little bit too optimistic <laughs> when I said he died, though. You're like, wait no, a minute. No, it's sad. No, it is sad. Um, we definitely lost a legend. But why is it that famous people always die in threes? Have you ever noticed that? So, wait, later three is early. So, Prince. Muhammad. Muhammad. Hmm. And who else? I, we, who's next is the question. Oh, okay. It's who's I, next okay. is the question. Was, it's early. Oh, you gotta, it is early. You got to lay it out for me. I'm like, it wait, is who's early. the third one? But before we get into that, rest in peace, Muhammad Ali. You were absolutely the greatest boxer I've ever had a chance to see. And not live, but just through tapes and watching your do- many documentaries and um, the Will Smith editation of your life in film. It was Amazing. So yeah. rest in peace. You always have to celebrate an athlete who performs at that caliber. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. he was the best at right. what he did. And the king of trash talk. Oh my Girl. God. Like <laughs> oh, for that alone, he is immortalized. Yes. But that's probably where like Floyd gets the from. You know what I mean? Like Mayweather, he, he, he kind of reckless with his mouth too when he comes to like not lately, though. Lately, I've seen a lot of growth in him. But right. in the beginning, he was reckless. Like, he was. his opponents, I was like, oh. But that's why we paid attention. That is why we paid, attention. Why we paid attention. And he learned from the very best. Mm-hmm. So definitely rest in peace, Muhammad Ali. He was knocking niggas out. Out. Clean. <sighs> like, like when that man stepped in that stage and said, the champ is here, he won not He wasn't. <laughs> he did that. Like, he meant that. With every piece of muscle in his body, he meant it. Right. But I feel like, didn't he have Parkinson's? Is that what he suffered from? He did. He did have Parkinson's. Um, And they say it's from boxing. It was was brought on by boxing um, and all the headshots he took. 
I can I can believe that, but the conspiracy theorist in me wants mm-hmm. to say the government gave it to him. I could believe that too. I just feel like like it's not it's not far fetched. You know what I mean? Right. I think about the Tuskegee Airmen. True. And all the experimental shit that they did to slaves back in the day. Like mm-hmm. we have always been kind of like science experiments to the right. government. We have AIDS. AIDS. That's a man-made disease. It's not organic. It didn't just sprout up. Absolutely. It's man-made. Yeah, I I think I really do. Well, I can't say I think, but that's just my theory. I feel like the government gave it to him because, you know, back in the day, he was a voice for the people. He was. He was like, he was a part of the Nation of Islam. Mm -hmm. The government didn't like that. Oh, no. He was the fucking heavyweight. Was he the heavyweight champion? Champion of the world. Of the world. Mm -hmm. So he had the stage to say exactly what he wanted to say whenever he wanted to say it. And not to mention how he stood up for himself when he refused to uh, sign up for the military. Exactly. They wanted to ship him out, and he said no. Exactly. No. But think about the motivation. Okay, it was the draft. They instituted the draft, and Muhammad Ali got drafted into the probably the army, Mm -hmm. and he refused to go. But his stance was, bitch, this ain't no random draft. I'm the heavyweight champion of of the world. world. How did you draw my name out of the millions of U.S. citizens? Mm -hmm. I almost feel like they were sending him into war to die, to shut him up. Yeah. And then one of his, when he refused to go, one of the things he said was, that's not my war. The Vietnam people ain't never did anything to me. Why am I going over there killing their sons and daughters and and babies? Facts. Not my war. Facts. (laughs) And then how can you expect a black man to fight for a country that has never fought for them? Right. Like, that, it's not our plight. Right. You know, like— It's not our war. And I even feel like still it's not our plight. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they aren't protecting our citizens. They aren't protecting our black boys. No. They are gunning our black boys down in the street. Right. So why? Can, how can you expect them to grow with so much that much patriotism to where they want to go over there and die for you? Right. Like, why? Why would they ever want to? Exactly. Why would they ever want to? And I've worked in urban schools. That's where the recruiters are. They're flocking to urban schools trying to recruit our, our young African-American children to go fight a war for a country that's not fighting for them. Absolutely not. And especially under leadership, that's ridiculous. Like, we might have Trump in office soon. Oh, man, don't even get me started on Trump. But think about it, though. <gasps> Would I ever send my son to war under Trump's leadership? <laughs> no. He put the African-Americans and Mexicans on the front line. Girl. With Mexican-Americans. Girl, we, we would be the bait. Right? <laughs> we would be the bait. Yeah. I will say this. Economically, I think Trump would be good for our country. Because he's a brilliant businessman. He's man. a brilliant businessman. And that's where it ends for me. Exactly. It begins there and it ends it there. It ends there. <laughs> because just his—anybody who doesn't fit that Anglo-Saxon mold— Right would be an outsider. And mm-hmm. most of the world does not fit that mold. Right. So you're offending countries. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you're offending the whole world. So right. America becomes a target. Right. You know. The, a huge target. Yeah. And not to think if they think if these countries really got upset with the United States and stopped importing the things that we use every day, mm-hmm. most of the stuff we use says, 
made in China. Yes. You know what I mean? There's yes. very few American-made stuff, and then American-made stuff is great quality, and we would love to support it, but a lot of people can't afford the American-made You can't made afford things. it, exactly. So think of all the uh, countries he's pissing off if they just said, oh, okay, we're not going to do business with you guys yeah. anymore. Or even if they stopped buying our exports. Get true. Like, a lot of people would be out of jobs. Yeah. So... Electing Trump is just reckless. Yes. And I wouldn't be surprised if he reinstituted the draft. I, I wouldn't either. Like, we would have a lot of... But see, in this era, I feel like there will be a lot of Muhammad Ali saying, like, fuck that, I ain't right. going. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's a different breed of niggas nowadays. True. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, there, and with the emergence of social media, it makes it easy for things to trend. Hashtag this, hashtag that. Yes. So once that ball gets rolling... It's unstoppable it's like almost. It's a snowball. It is. Like it gets bigger thing. and bigger and bigger. And all it takes is one person to step up and say, oh, no, I'm not going to fight a war for you. Yeah. And then before you know it, the hashtag is no draft, hashtag no draft. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody's entering the draft after right, that. Right, <laughs> right. I guess that's the beauty, the one beauty in social media. Right. It it helps us unite our voice. True. Because before, you wouldn't even know what was happening in um, Ferguson, Missouri. Right. You know what I mean? You Unless was, you watch the news, and then how many people in our age group really, really sit down and watch the news? Yeah, right. agreed. So social media has has some benefits. It and does. That's one of them. Yeah, but rest in peace, Muhammad Ali. Yes. Ali. He was a legend and will be greatly missed. He will be uh, what, what, what was his saying? Float like a butterfly. Sing, sing like, like a bee. bee. <laughs> Like he was like he was big, you know. He was a, he was muscular. He yeah. was a heavyweight champ, but he was like moving like a little, like a right. smaller boxer. So right. that type of athleticism will always be celebrated in our community and across the world. So right. and condolences to Layla Eiley. I love her. Yeah, she's she's a very dope chick. Yeah. Oh, um, she is. I can imagine what she's going through right now. And their entire family. Right. Definitely. Definitely. The bitch code sends their condolences. Um, but that kind of ties into the history of the black man. You know what I mean? The history of the root of it all. Right. Did you, did you see Roots? <laughs> I, 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 Wait a minute. I feel bad because I have not seen Roots yet. I've, I've seen the um, original versions. Uh-huh. I have not yet experienced the new one. I'm so sorry. It was, you know what? I was skeptical to watch it. Mm-hmm. At first, and I actually didn't watch it when it premiered because okay. I'm like, okay, I don't want to see this shit. Like, I don't want to. I don't need the reminder. Right. I'm well versed on my heritage. I'm well versed mm-hmm. on slavery and what happened, and I don't need to see another version of Kunta Kinte getting this foot chopped, chopped off, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, but last night, you know, I ain't had nothing else to do, so I recorded it. Uh-huh. So I'm like, okay, you know, me and hubby, we. In the bed, we watching it. We like, and at first I was a little like, mm, it's all right. Mm-hmm. But like the more and the more I watched, it mm-hmm. just pulled me in, really? and it did, and it reminded me of like how fucked up our history is. Yeah. And even though I know the history, mm-hmm. you kind of get um, desensitized, right, to it. You know what I mean? But watching that, mm-hmm. I was outraged. Wow. I was completely outraged. Wow. Like the the things that we had to go through to get from. Africa to America, like mm-hmm. just the journey across the sea. If you right. survived that, you were built from strong stock. Right. Like it was, oh, you got to watch it. Oh, I need to watch it. Yeah. Um, I, I've 
like you said, it pulled you in. I've also heard from other people really, really good things about it. And they said the exact same thing you said. Like, I don't want a reminder. Yeah. I don't want to have to. It makes me so angry that I don't want to watch it. But I think that um, we need those reminders, even though I haven't watched it. I think we need those reminders every so often if not to remember how far we come to fully appreciate where we are now. Agreed. Um, Because sometimes I think we take for granted and we like to complain. We like to complain about there's so much injustice, there's a lot of racism, and there is. There is. Um, But look how far we've come. Now, we got a long way to go still. Yes. Racism is still alive. Mm -hmm. Um, But we've come extremely far. And for that, um, for those steps, I am very, very proud of my culture and my race and my ethnicity and and everything that comes along with it. And I'm also proud of others that don't share my same ethnicity because they have learned that the world is not just white yeah. and blue eyes and blonde hair. You know, they they are more accepting of things now. Yeah. But again, you still have your closet racist. That's true. But are we've, they come that, a, we've come a long way. Are they that closeted? Though? Some. Some? Some. The ones that say, what? I didn't mean it like that. I have five black friends. Like, that's not enough. you can count your black friends, <laughs> that's not enough. You might be calling me the N-word behind my back. Yeah, that's not enough. <laughs> but then I feel like um, the, mon- the monumental strides that we have made, mm-hmm. sometimes we can take two steps forward to take four steps back. True. Like, as a community, we have to take responsibility for ourselves, you know what I mean? And make sure that we're 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 continuing to advance our own people. Right. You, I was listening to what's it? Farrakhan. Mm-hmm. He was on the radio and he said, if you look at black communities, we don't own anything in our own community. We don't. He said, go to Chinatown. Try to open up a business. Yeah. They're not having it. They're not. That's theirs. That's theirs. But yet we let any race Anybody under the sun come in our communities and sell us what we need. Yeah. Hair stores, millions of dollars each year. We're the biggest buyers of, of, <laughs> of you know, processed and, and virgin hair. We are. And we don't own any of it. But the thing is, I think other communities um, are trained from a very early age to keep business within their own community. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, just all different types of ethnicities are so supportive of one another. Right. As black people, we aren't we aren't instilled that isn't instilled within us. Correct. But that comes from generations of conditioning. You know what I mean? Like think about okay, back. Going back to roots. You brought over here on a ship. You don't speak the same language as some of these other African nations where these other slaves were taken from. Right. It's competition at that point. Yeah. It's survival of the fittest. You're mm-hmm. not working together. Right. And then the mental conditioning. You know, you mm-hmm. you own a plantation and the, the, the slaves that are in the house are treated better than the slaves are in the field. Right. So it automatically pits you against one another. And not only that, but... We all know the the stereotype that um, the light-skinned blacks were the ones in the house. Mm-hmm. So not only are we pitted against each other um, mentally, but now visually. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, you're light-skinned, you're better. Colorism. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's still—that's still a major factor in our community today. Right. Like, there's a lot of people—have you ever heard, oh, she's pretty for a dark girl? Oh, 
She's pretty I've had, his, I've had it said it to me, and I'm not even that dark. Yeah. But I've heard, uh, I've been talking on the phone to guys, guys that pursued me, mm-hmm. and then they'll say something like, I usually date, uh, usually don't date brown-skinned girls. Oh, okay, well, goodbye. You're right. Like, what your mama look don't, like? Don't make, don't, don't let me be the one to get you out your hookup. <laughs> you know what I mean? Stay over there with your light-skinned right. girls. And if and if that's true, it can be true, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with liking a particular type of skin tone. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is don't offend other people with your preferences because that's what he did. He offended me. Don't tell me, oh, I usually don't date brown skin. Well, don't make me the exception like, to your Like, are you rule. doing me a favor? Right. Yeah. Like, you're not doing me any favors. Yeah, I agree. You pursue me. That's offensive. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't pursue you. That's offensive. Because I feel like it, it goes into trends. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right now, brown skin girls are popping. It's yeah. all about brown girls' red right. lips. Right, you know right, I mean? right. <laughs> um, then, what, the 90s, early 2000s, the light-skinned girls, the long, silky hair was mm-hmm. popping. But it's like, we're all the same thing. We're all black women. Right. Like, respe- respect my melanin. Right, <laughs> period. <laughs> Regardless of what shade it is exactly. and how, how much I have, respect it. And, but that's the beauty of black people. We come in different shades. We come in different sizes. Sizes. Our hair textures. You can get right. some kink curly. And right. You can get some bone straight. Exactly. And it's all natural. Like, right. it just depends on... And they can... I mean, I saw this um, Instagram post about black women and blonde hair. And then I saw that someone discovered a race in Africa mm-hmm. who actually has natural blonde hair. From the root. From I the saw that. root. I saw and she that. was amazing. Like, she was so pretty. Yes. Like, just beautiful. And her skin was like a mocha. Like, yes. it was really a, a deep brown. It was, yes, it was a very rich brown. I saw and that. It's just like, we, what don't, what, what can't we do? Yeah. You know, we can have blue eyes as well. We can. Your so, daughter has hazel right, eyes. Right, true, like, and I don't. <laughs> Yeah, like we're, I feel like we are the original people. Like, we are. To respect it, we was here first. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear about the um, the kid? I believe he was in, I don't want to misquote, but I know it was somewhere in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think his name was Deshaun McKenzie. He was mm-hmm. chased down by a white gang um, spewing racial slurs, and he died from an asthma attack from that chase. Like, in the mid-chase, he had an asthma attack and died. Oh, my God. That is—how old was he? He was a teenager, I believe. He wasn't, like, a young boy. He wasn't, like, you know, 10, 11, 12, or nothing like that. I think he was maybe, like, 16, 17, maybe 18 or 19. That breaks my heart. Yeah. Because in, what, 10 years, that could be my son? It could be. That could be your son? It could be. Like, that's sad that we still have to— go through things like this. And I think that I don't want to make it sound like it was it was just kind of like a lynch mob. Right. I think there was some beef over okay. a girl. That's what I think they were in their in their teens. Okay. There was some beef over a girl mm-hmm. and he was approached like, you know, he probably got into it with one guy, right. but that guy was mobbed up. Mm. And it turned racial. You know okay. what I mean? Like, okay. you know what I mean? It was just kind of like he was the black guy that was outnumbered that day. Okay. And they chased him to his death. He died. Wow. Is that murder? <sighs> it's weird because when I initially thought that it was like a young KKK chasing mm-hmm. after this black boy, um, 
I thought initially, yes, Mm -hmm. that's murder. You guys caused his death Mm -hmm. just based off the color of his skin. Now that I know there's actually a story behind it, not to say that it's okay because it's over a girl, Mm -hmm. um, but let's be realistic. Boys fight every day. Right, but um, not all end in tragedy. That's some tender but boys, dick shit. That is, but <laughs> but boys fight every day. Yeah, that's our reality. They fight every day. My son fights every day. Yeah. I, every you know, not every day, but he's in kindergarten. Yeah, so and he fights with his little friends. Thank you know, Lord willing, it will never end as tragic as this situation. But boys fight. That's what they do. And boys get jumped at times. We've seen numerous we world have. star videos, YouTube videos. And and what's what's rough about it is that we just lost that young lady. Which one? Oh, due to yeah. that fight in the bathroom. Yeah. And that over was bullying. A boy. That was bullying. I heard it was over a boy. It was, but I still feel like okay. it was bullying. Over a boy. Because they jumped her. They jumped her. Yeah. That's what they were going to do if they caught him. Yeah. They were going to jump him. They were. And he, the outcome could have potentially been the same. But I think that there were weapons involved. Like, that's okay. why he was Ran. running. Okay. You know what I mean? That's, that's right, why right. he was running. And okay. then, I don't know. It was just unfortunate. I don't I don't really know how to feel about that. I don't either. A part of me feels like there needs to be some accountability. Yes. And then the other part feels like this is what teens do. Like, altercations yeah. happen. Right. And he just, he wasn't up to fight a fair one that day. So, right. he, he took off. Right. But unfortunately, his health didn't sustain him. Right. So I don't know how to feel about that. Like, I know in the heat of the moment, things are said. Right. You know, and if I don't really give a fuck about you, I might call you every name under the book. Right. You know, does that make me racist or does that make me um, just a person that's speaking out of anger right. in the moment? I think racism is defined by who you are on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Because like you said... In anger, I could call, you know, we say cracker. That used to be like our white slang. Um, That's so not like it's, harsh. It's so not harsh. But <laughs> you cracker. It's so not harsh. <laughs> harsh. But that's what we used to use. Yeah. But I'm just as likely to call a black person a cracker in the heat of the moment. Like mm-hmm. you said, when that rage takes over, mm-hmm. sometimes you can't you just trying to say something. You're trying to do something to hurt that other person so that's, more that's hurting you. Malice. You're trying to be malicious, right. not racist. And I don't think that I'm. Con- I don't consider myself a racist at all. I love all people. Mm-hmm. If you do right by me, I do right by you. That's just. I don't care what color. You can be purple. Hey, purple people. Um, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. But if I'm in the heat of the moment and I'm just trying to hurt your feelings, again, it's just malice. But that's not who I am on a regular basis. Got you. Got you. Well, on that note, we're going to take a boy, take a pause, take a beat. We got to make sure these lights stay on in the studio, <laughs> pay some bills, promote some things, and we'll be back in a few minutes. This is the Bitch Cold Podcast with Ashley Antoinette. You are now rocking with the best. Bitch! We cover the latest news, topics, and real talk from our point of view. It's the Bitch Cold Podcast. Okay, we're going to hop right back into the podcast, get a little bit juicier. We're going to leave the the uh, the deep subjects alone. It's yeah. time to have some fun. Have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh, see the Troy Ave shooting, the video? <sighs> Listen, 
there's there's the levels to everything. To stupidity? Yes! <laughs> to fucking stupidity. <laughs> like, what? who... Okay, if I'm in a club, mm-hmm. a nightclub, for one, I know it's cameras everywhere. Right. So I'm not popping off inside the club. Right. Especially on no gunfire type shit. Like, I'm never going to pull my gun on video. Right. I'm not going to do it. Right. So you committed murder on Did the boy video. die? The boy... Yeah. One died? Yeah. Okay. One person was killed in the nightclub. Okay. And so a few other got Injured. shot. Yeah. Okay. I think Troy Ave actually got shot. Okay. And I know then, there was a young lady that got shot as well. Was there? Yeah. She. They were saying that she was snitching, and she had to go on her Instagram because people were, like, coming after her, like— I'm not under police protection. I'm out here. Um, I haven't talked to anybody. There's been no police at my door. I didn't see who... It was a stray bullet. <sighs> so... so a- oh, after the shooting, they were saying that she was telling who shot. Right. Bitch, you shot me. Why? I can't tell. But the <laughs> thing is, you on video shooting. Right. <laughs> like, what like, do you mean I'm snitching? <laughs> Your idiot ass... Pulled a firearm in a New York City nightclub. Right. New York gun laws are out of control. Yes. So if you even are caught, like, with possession of a fire, an illegal firearm, right. you automatically get at least five years. You gonna get more than that. Yeah. The way they frying rappers around here. Yeah. <laughs> They're trying to make examples. Yeah. Like, I feel but like... He... Go ahead. I just... Listen. Beef is beef. And I judge not. But I think at times... We need to make better decisions. Um, Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, you got a family you want to go home to. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And and I understand, like, the my mom used to tell me, if you out with your friends or with your brothers, if one fight, you all fight. Yeah. I understand that mentality because I grew up. Yeah, because if I'm out that, and I fight and you don't fight, we not friends. Yeah, no yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, but at, at what point do you say, okay— Maybe just not right now. Because well, you're going to want to get back. And I, and I, vengeance is not yours. Yeah. Said the Lord. But <laughs> he said vengeance is mine, said the Lord. But Wait vengeance is not yours. Did you just take said the podcast the to church? <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. <laughs> I get it that you want to be vengeful. I get that. But you got to be a. Be a smarter criminal if that's what you're going to be. I also feel like a good friend will let you know it's not time to pop off. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm hot, like, if I'm just in a situation and I'm heated and I'm just about to go, you know, if I'm about to press green on your ass. Right. And my friends see, like, nah, Ash, this ain't the time or the place. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing that's telling me, you really ain't a street nigga if you don't know. In the back of your mind, when you walk into this club, it's cameras everywhere. Right. Like, I'm going to always be aware of my surroundings, and I'm a female. Right. So how was this gangster rap rapper? You know what I mean? You're supposed to be from the street. You're supposed to represent this lifestyle. Right. But you didn't think about any of this before, before this popped off? You know, watching the video... He's shooting a gun, but he ain't. He ain't busting the gun. <laughs> he ain't yeah. busting his gun. You know what I'm saying? He's terrified. And yeah, it's like he's scared. Like he's shooting because he feel like this is what he gotta do. Yeah, you know what I mean. Not because this is what he wants to do. So it almost looked like it was the first time he had ever even popped a gun. Yeah, or or was forced to pop off. Now, it's oh. one thing to pop off because you're trying to survive mm-hmm. because somebody is shooting at you, but the way it looked on the video is that whatever happened initially had already happened. They left out and came back in. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like. Now, I don't know if that's what happened, mm-hmm. but it looks like that. So it looks like you went outside, 
popped your trunk, mm-hmm. and your friends done hyped you up, like, we got to go back in there and da 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 See, now I heard a completely different okay. story. I heard that I'm never going to mention a name on a podcast mm-hmm. because I'm not federal as fuck. But <laughs> I heard that the assailant uh-huh. shot first, okay. dropped the gun, and then Troy F. picked up the gun. Oh. You see what I'm saying? So it was more like a, a self-defense thing. Like, okay. he got his hands on the gun and then popped back off. Right. But at that point, I'm thinking he would have already been shot. I don't right. know. But right. it's just unfortunate all around. Like, it is. You have all of these people who are—we got to—okay, when you're living a lifestyle and you've escaped that lifestyle, like, you are right. already on. Right. You have been put in a position that not many people— get to have. You're a right. rapper, you're on, you're doing shows, you're right. building. You right. know what I mean? Like, you grinding, you got your career established. Um, when we have been fortunate enough to make it, we got to realize when to let the streets go. Right. Because at, at a certain point, it has to become a business. It has to become about the money. And you have to keep your brand in mind. Right. That's why people like Jay-Z and Beyonce are so brilliant. Right. Because they never forget about the brand that they're building. Mm-hmm. They work too hard for it. And they, it's not to say that they don't help the hood. They they do a lot of things for the hood still, but that don't mean go there. Exactly. That don't mean live in that lifestyle. And, and I think that some up-and-coming rappers have that situation twisted. They want to keep it real. You can still be real, but the reality of your situation is that you're no longer there. Exactly. So we ain't keep it real by sending money, building foundations, building music studios in your name. Keep it all the way real. Um, But you ain't got to go to the clubs there no more. Well, because you don't what, have to put yourself in harm's way anymore. Because this is the thing. I feel like rappers try to keep it so real that they forget once you own the hood, don't love you no more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that that jealousy creeps in and you never right. know the malicious intent that somebody has for you. Right. The, per- the person that grew up next to you seeing you come up, they right. feel like, this nigga ain't no better than me. Like, right. why he on? How he on and I'm not on? How he got millions and I'm still broke? Right. So now you look like food to them. Right. You know what I mean? You're you're quick. Come with Drake saying his line, um, when he got set up, mm-hmm. he said he was with a girl he knew. Exactly. She said he mom. I'm telling you, you become a meal. Yeah. Like, they trying, the people in the hood still trying to eat. So right. while you coming back flossing with your jewels and your chains and you popping bottles and blowing bags in the club, there are wolves watching you, right. licking their chops, mm-hmm. waiting for you to slip up. You're a target. Exactly. That The same thing happened to that rapper Chinks in New York. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the hood don't love you like that. Right. You got to let that hood go. Yeah. And you can still keep it real and be loyal to your hood and represent mm-hmm. your hood, like you said, by starting foundations. Right. Get somebody else out. Right. And then when that person is on, maybe they'll get somebody, somebody else, else out. out. Right. Like, let's just start reaching back instead of being stupid so, and trying to gloat and floss right. in the club. Right. Because then it's a problem. Then right. shit like this happens. Exactly. Like, let's be smarter. Right. I'm a woman, and I know that. Listen, I, you and you have to make sure, not only that, but your team got to be so official. It got to be solid. Like you said, if, if you and I are out together mm-hmm. and somebody is popping off and you have a brand you're trying to protect and TMZ is right there, I'm not about to let you pop off. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to be like, Ash, she's got to wait for another day. Exactly. You know what I mean? Let's or just roll. Let's if go. If anything, if anything, my goons are going to pop off. Right. Like... I'm going to be headed to the car. Right. 
and I'm going to be like, yeah, drag that bitch when I right. leave. You know what I mean? Right. Like, what are you? I'm the money. Right. I'm, the, I'm like, right. I'm putting the rest of the team on. Right. So, like, I can't be the one dragging you. Right. I can get you drugged, though. Right. Like, right. believe that'll happen. And that's how it's supposed to be. Exactly. You're supposed to have your goons. Your team's supposed to be so solid that you don't have to right. pop off. Right. Like, you have poppers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Like, you have poppers. Like, I, I don't know. But apparently, there's some type of um, glory in being the person to act hard. You know, I love Jay-Z. He said, um, y'all respect the one that got shot. I respect the shooter. I respect the shooter, too. I'm sorry. <sighs> Is there any glory in being a shooter? It, there is glory in being a shooter. That's like at respect what, me, but at what expense? This is what I'm saying though. Mm-hmm. Jay Z ain't the shooter. Show me. like you see what I'm saying. Jay Z ain't the shooter, but please believe he got shooters. Right. So to have that power to have your own basically front line, right. you know, you gotta have your defensive line in order. Like they always protecting the quarterback. Right. So it's just kind of like I call the plays, you make the shots. Yeah. I respect both. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That's the perfect way to put it. Yeah. I mean, just because niggas try to be so boss that they move right. unboss-like. Right. Like, they, they, they move like people think they should move. Exactly. Instead of moving like real bosses move. Exactly. Because everybody doesn't have that boss mentality. That's true. So, while you're trying to move like the public thinks you should move, you look crazy. Yeah. You look crazy because the majority of people aren't bosses. That's true. And don't have that the capacity to think on that level. But this is the thing, though. And it's okay to not be a boss. Right. Everybody is not supposed to be a leader. We right. got to have some Indians. Yes. Everybody can't be chief. Right. You know what I mean? But if mm-hmm. you're not that, don't pretend to be that because now you're making moves that are just reckless. Right. And then your baby mama or your wife or your girlfriend going to be starting GoFundMe's to pay for your funeral. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, okay, rule 101 is if you're a boss, you have life insurance. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Or at least a stash under somebody's floorboard thank or you. something. Thank you don't you. leave your family out here selling dinners trying to get <laughs> <laughs> trying to put you trying six to feet under. That right. That's true. And that's don't what do happened. That. Don't. Absolutely don't, do don't. Please take care of your peeps that took care of you when you were here. Make a make a way. Yeah. Make a way. Let's Figure just, it out. Let's just be smarter. Yes. Gentlemen. Yes. Bosses. Work smarter, not, not harder. harder. <laughs> right. <laughs> Speaking of six feet under, mm-hmm. they shot Harambe. <gasps> Harambe. Rest in peace, Harambe. Rest in peace, Harambe. I was a, I was a little... Now, okay, let me, let me put this out there before the listeners go crazy. Mm-hmm. I am in full support of them fucking laying the gorilla out. Yes. I understand the decision. Yes. I have a child. My child right. would never be in a gorilla pit. Right. But if he was in a gorilla pit, the gorilla got to go. That's a decision I would have wanted yeah. them to so make So I well. understand that. But just seeing the video and watching the video, I'm not an animal specialist. I don't know if his behavior meant that he was trying to protect the little boy or not. But right. just what I saw, that's what it looks like. It, I agree with that. It looks like um, he was a little frazzled by the crowd. Exactly. Making a lot of noise. That's and it looks as though he was trying to protect the boy from the crowd from the crowd yeah because they were going crazy they were uh, rightfully, rightfully so, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I I think that the gorilla 
has probably been raised in captivity all its life, yeah. or the majority of its life. So it's used to seeing people on a regular basis. It's yeah. Cincinnati, Ohio, um, so it's cold. It gets cold there, mm-hmm. and. So the wintertime, it's probably closed, and he's probably indoors. But for the most part, he sees people mm-hmm. often. That's who deliver his meals every day. Yeah. So he sees people. Um, it didn't look like he had any malice towards the child. Yeah. It, he he did drag him. But, you, but I think that's just the way a gorilla takes what was he supposed to do? Pick him up and cradle him in his arms like a little bitty baby? I, well, like, the gorilla he's not human. Was, exactly. He was 400 pounds. Right. So what might have been gentle to him was, was excessive to us. Right. You know, we're like, oh, because when I saw the drag, I was like, oh. Right. Like, I just thought about the little boy's head hitting whatever rocks may have been under the water. Right. And then I thought about what if this gorilla keeps the little boy's face underwater for too long? Right. You know, so I did feel... That it was a dangerous situation, but I didn't feel like the intent was dangerous. Right. So just when they shot him, and then, you know, and then he's an endangered species. Yeah. I felt really, really bad. He was beautiful, though. He was beautiful. Yeah. I felt bad. That was a big motherfucker. It was. Like. Again, like you said at the beginning, (laughs) that's the decision I would have wanted them to make if my son was there. Because it could have gone bad at any moment. And and quickly. Quickly. Did you see how quick he got across that water? I did. (laughs) I didn't know something that was 400 pounds could could move that that fast. fast. I mean, if you think about it, he's on a strict diet. That's 400 pounds of muscle. Pure muscle. So he was out. I, so when you say things could have gone bad, when quickly, yeah, he he was a quick four hundred pound gorilla. He was that little boy was very fortunate to make it out of there alive. He was, but I also like when I was listening to the tape, I heard the mom saying, "Mommy's right here." Like I, you know, that pissed me off because as a mom, like I know people to be like, "Yeah, I wouldn't jump into no gorilla pit." I don't give a fuck. Right. As a mom, right? If my I have a Five going on six year old. If my right. baby was in the gorilla pit, I'm down there. Yeah, I don't care. I would have been. I would have gone down there knowing though, mommy not gonna make, make it back it, out. Right. You know what I mean. But like, you might. You might. Though. Right. I'm not just gonna be sitting there watching. Right. Like that's not in me. Like I, my gut would have just been. Get down there. Get down. Go get there. your baby. Go get your baby. Right. I would have been pleading with the gorilla. Right. Like, <laughs> Mr. Harambe. <laughs> Mr. Harambe, right. sir, please allow me safe passage. <laughs> I come in peace. I right. come in peace. Hands up. Don't right. shoot. <laughs> yeah, but as a mom, just that instinct, I would have been down there after my baby. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm superwoman. I'm not saying right. I wouldn't have been terrified. Right. But my baby would not have been down there by himself. Right. Like, Your instincts would have kicked in. Yeah. And, you know, from the reports that are coming out about her. Mm-hmm. Her son basically told her, Mommy, I'm gonna go down in the in the moat. He and if, if my any of my two children would have said anything like that, mm-hmm. they, they would have been, we do this thing called the unbreakable chain mm-hmm. where we hold hands mm-hmm. and we don't let go. We would have been unbreakable chain from yeah. that moment on because my kids say they wanna do something, they're gonna try to do yeah. it. You know, so I, I don't know. And I know she had other children with her. That's not an excuse. It, it's definitely not an but, excuse. Because if your child says something like that, then you pay this one just a little more attention than you're paying the others. See, I only have one child, so I don't know. 
But, you know, I have his friends a lot. Like, right. you know, your kids and stuff. If I ever took the group of them to a zoo, I still feel like I would have my eye on. We just right. went somewhere yesterday with the yeah. kids, and I was all over. Like, right. there's Peyton, right. there's DJ, there's Quack. You know what I mean? Like, right. I always had my eye on them. Like, there, it, it was never a moment where they could have fallen in a fucking gorilla pit. Right. But I also do feel like there is fault to be... Um, the the zoo has to be accountable right. for some of this too because there is no way that anybody should be able to sneak, fall, stumble Agreed. into a Agreed. a gorilla exhibit. They, I get how I get how it's built because the the parks want to allow you to get as close as possible mm-hmm. without the fear of the animal getting to you. Yeah, what they failed on is. You getting to the animal. The animal exactly. <laughs> That's well, where they failed. I heard that there was a, a bush, and mm-hmm. then there was, like, a, a hole under the fencing mm-hmm. in the bush. So even if the mom thought the kid was just playing in the bush, which I'm not letting my kid play in no random bushes right. anyway. Right. But even if she thought, like, okay, he's just hiding behind the bush or playing right. in the bush, and then he mistakenly fell in. Right. It was just—it was it could have ended And if there's a hole in that fence, the zoo is definitely The zoo is liable. Yeah. yeah, the zoo is liable. Definitely at fault. And even if it's not a hole, but just like the fence ends and then the the ground, you know, there's right. room to get under it. That's the that's liability for yes. the zoo. Absolutely. Like, they lost they got insurance. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. But they're, they're trying to fry the mom. I mean, and and I, I feel like there's liability on her end Correct. too. But it at the end of the day, it's the zoo's job to make sure that their guests are safe. Right. And but it also brings into the question like the inhumanity of keeping wild animals caged. Yeah. You know what I mean? For it's, our entertainment. For our entertainment. Yeah. Like it's just not cool. You know no. what I mean? And it kind of brings that into question, but we ain't here to talk about that. Right. So, <laughs> like, so I was online last night mm-hmm. and I saw Tony Braxton bring Birdman out on stage with her, basically confirming their relationship. Did you know that they were in a relationship? I'm so disappointed in Tony Braxton. Are you? Family. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. For one, I don't find anything attractive about Birdman. Like, nothing. There's nothing about that man that's attractive to me besides his bank account. And since I'm not into guys strictly for their money, that's not even attractive to me at this point. Well, you know, Tony Braxton done filed bankruptcy twice. <laughs> so that right. could be very attractive to her. <laughs> I'm not saying that that's the reason. But that could be uh, I'm t- a little attractive to, to her. Do you think this is a publicity stunt? I don't. Birdman hot right now. Is and not really, though? He, he's hot for his foolishness. Like, put some respect yes. on my name. Yes. It's everywhere. <laughs> it trended for, like, three days straight. Like, it's everywhere. So at this very moment, yes, I think Birdman's hot. And I can't deny, um, although you hear reports that he's not paying his artists, and that part is is not very nice. Mm-hmm. But um, you have to respect where he's taken cash money. Where it came from. Yeah. From the dirt. From the dirt. Yeah. So I look at it, and, and I hope for Tony Braxton's sake that it's a publicity stunt. He could be well. Okay, we were signed to to Cash Money, the mm-hmm. CMC brand, when they they started venturing into books, mm-hmm. and he was a nice guy. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it, it might not be about 
whether I'm physically attracted to you, mm-hmm. maybe they just share a connection or maybe they just relate on a different level that nobody else understands. I don't judge for that, but I didn't see Tony with a nigga. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is yeah, my yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. That's my thing. It's not even like, okay, I don't find Birdman attractive or anything like that. That's not even my argument. I saw Tony, like, I saw her pulling an Eve, like snagging a billionaire. Yeah. A, a, a Russian billionaire. Right. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or a Janet Jackson. Like, right. I saw her getting something foreign. Because she deserves that. She not does. to say that she doesn't deserve a, a, a Birdman. Birdman. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like you said, when, you, when you've reached a certain status, it's almost like you got to level up. And yeah. I'm not sure if Birdman is the type of level up she deserves for herself. Yeah. You you see what I'm saying? She's just a legend. Tony will always be a legend. Yeah. Like, I still listen to Tony's music today, and I'm, like, grooving to it. Like, Listen. she is, she has has established herself as an irreplaceable icon right. in music, in R&B. Right. And I just feel like, I just saw her, like, Sitting on a throne somewhere yeah. in like some foreign country, right. like being catered to, because you know, other races and ethnicities mm-hmm. value black women more than black men value black women. Preach. I I saw an article that said um, billionaires like black women, <laughs> like. Like, that's kind of like a rule. Like, if you, okay, like, you know how when you get a little bit of money, you get right. you a Rolex. Right. Like, a nigga in the hood, like, they be flossing their little Rolex, you know, or you get your first Benz. Right. Like, billionaires get them black women. I, I, I ain't mad at it. I ain't mad at it we're, either. We're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be mad at them. We are. I can't be mad at that. Um, I, I just can't be mad at that. I, I think that... Other races tend to see the value in us more so than we see the value in ourselves. Yeah. And, and f- sometimes we look at black women like, why is she with that white man? Or why is she? He values her. Yeah. Like almost how, how like a piece at... of China. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like, how you mad at that? And that's actually the topic of the week. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of ties into what, what we're going to talk about. And I guess we can just skip over the rest of tea time because okay. we're kind of venturing <laughs> into it anyway. You know what I mean? But the topic of the week is, are black women too difficult? Mm-hmm. And why do black men glorify every type of beauty except the black woman's? Right. Why are black women so loyal to black men that aren't loyal, aren't so loyal to us? Mm. Um, I will say this. I've never been opposed to dating outside my race. I just haven't had an opportunity to date outside my race. Okay. Um, but I, I'm not opposed. I'm opposed to it not because I'm a married woman. Right. But I, in the past, when I wasn't, I was never opposed to it. But I, I know some women that are single single now, some of my friends that are single now, and I say to them, um, why don't you try dating another race? Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? Uh-uh. Mm-mm. And I'm like, Okay. Just keep on talking. Doing what you're doing. doing and getting what you got. <laughs> if you do the same things, you're going to get the same results. Exactly. Like, I feel like uh, love is, is something that doesn't have a color. Right. So I'm I'm all for love who you love. Right. You know, no matter if they're black, blue, brown, whatever. Um, but I do feel like there's a certain... Black women put up with so much. Yes. So much. You know what I mean? And black men take black women through so much. They take us for granted. Yeah. And then I just feel like at a certain point, you have to live life. You have to experience more of life. Mm -hmm. So if you're a single woman and you're not getting—and you're choosing the same type of guy. Right. You know, if you have a type, 
and that isn't getting you what you want, you're not getting the fulfillment in your relationship. Right. Try to play in the snow one day. Yeah. Like, you might like it. Right. Who knows? You might just like it. I, I just think we need to be more open-minded when it comes to our relationships. I agree. And, and dating. Um, it's, it's, it's one of the reasons a lot of black women are not married today. We were still very, very faithful. While our black men, they some of them just are not marrying us. Yeah. But they will find another race. They'll to marry. But this is the thing, though, that they'll fuck us. Yes, you know all I mean? day long. Like, they'll have sex with yes. you. Yes, they'll keep us as side chicks sometimes. Yeah, but they won't put a ring on it. Right. You know what I mean? But I also feel like because black women are willing to put up with so much. Right. You know what I mean? Once you, You're setting the tone for your relationship. You're willing to put up with anything that they're bringing mm-hmm. to you. You know, whether whatever they're bringing to you, any negativity they're bringing to you, they're willing to put up with it. So they feel like you're not the prize. Right. You know what I mean? Because you're willing to do anything to keep them. They ain't even got to do that much. Nothing. They ain't got to do nothing. Yeah. And, and and then they can bring drama. Oh, my goodness. The amount of drama they can bring to your doorstep. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we feed into it. Yeah. And now it becomes a competition. Mm-hmm. Now it's, well... I'm the side chick, and I know you the wife, but I ain't going nowhere. Yeah. He not yours. He isn't yours. He not yours. Yeah. Why would you even be—why do you devalue yourself so much that you're okay with being number two? Exactly. That you're okay with having half of somebody else's man. Yeah. Because if he wanted you solely, he'd get rid of whatever it was that was keeping him that from was That was standing in the and, way. And one thing I know about men in general, no matter what color they are, they go after what they want. That's true. And, and they go after it full speed ahead, That's blinders true. on at times. That is true. So if he wanted you for himself, by himself, only you— mm-hmm. That's what he would do. You would be at home with him. You would be at home yeah. with him. You wouldn't He'd have be able to, call to spend him. the night at your house. Exactly. You know, you he would be able to be there on Christmas and yes. Valentine's Day and, and you know, everything. Not right the day after. after. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. You'd be on Instagram with him. You know, what right, I mean? right. So it's like it's it's such a, a, a double edged sword because on one hand, I don't think our black men value us like they should. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it's hard to fault them when we're not valuing ourselves. ourselves. When we're glorifying taking other girls' men. And we're, we're fighting the wives. That's true. You know, the side chicks are bucking up and fighting the wives, sending them DMs of, what what is that doing for you? Uh, maybe attention. Maybe like, okay, I've been a secret. I am a secret. This is this is me. This is who I am. I see. I, mm, I can't. And I and I'm not judging because I'm judging. I've been to to where some of these side chicks are. I know, and I I've can't been, even believe I'm friends I know, with a reformed I know. side Listen, chick. But not to somebody that was married. He was not married. I do not mess with people's okay. marriages. Let now, me clarify that. Clarify. He had a girlfriend that he was living with at the time. Okay. And when I first met him, it was in a club. Okay. Gave him my number. I was young, guys. Don't judge me. Judging. <laughs> They're judging. <laughs> Um, we exchanged numbers, and he didn't call. Okay. But it wasn't like I was stressing that he didn't call. Mm-hmm. But a couple of weeks later, I saw him at the exact same club, mm-hmm. and he's like, hey. And I'm like, I ain't giving you my number again. And he's like, no, this time I'm going to call. We're going to go to breakfast in the morning. Mm-hmm. So he calls. He keeps to his word. He calls. We go to breakfast the next day, and he tells me flat out, 
I got a situation. He told you? Yes. Wow. He told me. That's ballsy. That is. And you stayed in it? I did. Bitch. It was the respect. <laughs> I was like, what? You respect me enough to tell no. me when I'm, I was young. You guys. were young and dumb. <laughs> like, oh, he respects me enough to tell, tell me. that I'm a side chick to my face. Yeah, like, I, 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 and I was, it was crazy. It was crazy because... Um, I felt like I was in all in love. Oh my god! Yes, and it was like it, it was almost like I wasn't a side chick. Like we were out in public together. We were out at the clubs together. We, he was reckless. He was at my fashion or, shows when I was modeling. Like we were. I, I had the pictures thing. up on him on social media. Like oh, he was reckless. Yeah, he was reckless. I, and then I was like, wait. Is, or is the girlfriend in the hole? Is she no, in the cave? Somewhere? She probably what? wasn't in the hole. But sometimes, as like a wife or the main right. girlfriend, you are so trusting of your mate. Right. And that you have been in that relationship for so long mm-hmm. that they can kind of steer your vision. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they know you ain't on Facebook, so they don't care if the, the side chick is posting pictures on Facebook. Right. She ain't going to see it. Or, you know what I mean? Like, they right. have a, a person who's committing infidelity just has so many different lies and ways to conceal the lies. But right. to me, that's just too much. It's like, just it be is. a man and just say, I'm not into this no more. I'd rather right. move on. Let it go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, or just tell me like, okay, I want to date around. Right. You know what I mean? How you know I ain't with it? Right. How you know I won't say, cool, I want to date a couple people too. Right. You know what I mean? But when lies are told, I think it's the deceit mm-hmm. that destroys relationships because white people date, right. other, other. I was going to say religions, other right. um, ethnicities date around right. and, it's, and it's no problem. Like a girl might be dating three or four different guys. Right. They might have a date every day of the week until and they find okay. who they want to settle down with. Right. But I feel like we jump into relationships and then we're afraid to get out of them when right. it gets old. If it's not working, if we're grown individuals, individuals, we should be able to say, I'm not happy in this. Right. I want to just be friends or let's just move on. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'll respect that more than discovering your life. It, it, true. True. It's, 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 a, it's such a sticky situation. And I'm glad I went through that when I was younger. Yeah. And, and dumber. <laughs> <laughs> um. And so when we talk about side chicks, when I say I'm not judging, I'm really not mm-hmm. because because you were I, I were yeah. I, you know I I, I were you I was um, so I, I get it I get the I get the highs of it mm-hmm. but the lows are not worth the highs yeah you know what I mean when when you're lonely and you know you can't call him yeah you know he can't come over you know he can't spend a night so the the highs are amazing because they are whining and dining you to mm-hmm. death mm-hmm. to keep you on the side. Mm-hmm. But the lows is not worth, it's not an even trade-off. And this and is on, my thing. I don't want to share no dick. You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't want to share. I don't, I can't Should've, knowingly. Where were you at? I wasn't your friend. I know. I could have <laughs> talked you. <laughs> I could have talked you off of that ledge, girl. <laughs> like, I, I just, I don't want to, like, you know me. I'm like, for one, I'm OCD. Right. I can't knowingly know that you are sticking your dick in another bitch daily mm-hmm. and then coming to knock on my door like I'm like what you get when she ain't feeling it. Right. Or I'm what you're interested in when you mad at her. Right. Like that would just, ugh, that would just creep me out. Right. That is just gross. And then as as, as a chai chick, you ask that question. So you still, and of course they're going to say no. Yeah, and then bitch, you believe and you're not. you're going to believe, uh, yes. Girl. You're going to. You're going, because love 
blinds you. But how are you in love? I don't even because with I another was in woman's love man. With the, uh, listen, was he older than you? Listeners out there, I'm an optimist. <laughs> I'm an optimist. Optimist. Um, if you don't know what an optimist is, uh, that's someone who always sees the glass as half full. You find the bright side in everything. If your dog is ran over the over um, by a car, I'd probably say something. Well, you know, all dogs go to heaven anyway, See? so it's okay. See? <laughs> I am like I'm a bitch. I'm a the pessimist, so See? I'm looking at everything half full. I couldn't right. be a side chick because I would be like, I don't want this funky ass gift the day after Valentine's Day. You know what I mean? I don't want this gift the day after Christmas. Don't call me um, why you at work. Call me when you get off of work when you're supposed to be at home. Like I am too needy. Like I right. need my man there all the time. Right. At my whim, when, I, when I'm feeling like I need you to brush the hair out of my face, I want your hand available to me. You know what I mean? Like, I want— right. There can be no limits in my relationship. Like, yeah. I'm just—I don't know. You live I, and you learn. Yeah, I'm number you li- one. You live and you learn. I th- do you think that um, black women are afraid to be alone? Absolutely. And I think that's why we have so many side chicks, mm-hmm. because they would rather have a piece of a man than not have a man at all. I do feel like black women are afraid of loneliness. And a part of that comes from, I feel like, not being in tune with yourself. Right. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes being alone is the best feeling ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, as a wife. Okay, I'm a wife, you're a wife. Right. We're around, and we cater to, and we take care of our husbands, our children, um, and sometimes some of our extended family daily, mm-hmm. you giving so much of yourself out. So many pieces are distributed of you a day. And sometimes you don't get to collect those pieces back at the end of the day. Right. So have you ever had a moment like when your husband is out of town, your kids are with granny, right. you know what I mean? Or at a babysitter and you just by yourself and you like, <sighs> it's like, oh, heaven. It's, it's. It's, it has to be what heaven feels like. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, it's like the most amazing feeling. But there are some women who are afraid of that feeling. It's some women who are afraid of that silence and, like, who don't know themselves enough to spend a day with yourself. Spend 24 hours with you and your thoughts. Or is it that your thoughts are so shallow that you get bored easily and you right. need that outside stimuli to fucking keep you relevant? You lonely black women out there need a hobby. I can teach you how to um, be an extreme couponer. Girl. Do something with yourself. These lonely black women out there. I feel like if you lonely and you a black woman and you not rich, you shouldn't be lonely. True. Like, you shouldn't be bored. You shouldn't be that bored. True. Like, you you need some ambition. Yeah. Like, you need some drive. You need some goals. You have to find something inside of you that says, do this. There has to be something there that's... When you wake up, it should be—you should at least think about it one time a day, once a day. I feel like you, when you wake up, your feet should hit the ground running. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. you should be the bitch that's getting out of bed like, I'm about to take life by storm. Yeah. And if you're not doing that, you're missing something within <sighs> yourself. You are completely missing out Yeah. on life. Yeah. Because it's, it's so many amazing things about life. Life, and, and I understand that people have situations that are, you know, hard and, and difficult. And, and that's okay, too, because we all go through hard and difficult things. Yeah. None of us are exempt from that. Right. Even the riches of us. Yeah. We, we, you're not exempt from those things. But it's about how you how you deal with those things and 
finding your light at the end of the tunnel, finding that sunshine after the storm hits and, yeah. and that rainbow when it comes out and embracing the beauty in that. And I think that black women especially need to start looking for that silver lining and I more feel often. Like, I feel like the silver lining comes more when you realize your own value. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I know what I'm bringing to the table. Right. Bitch, I bought the table. Stop giving discounts. Stop giving discounts. Absolutely. And that's the, like, oh, my God, you just wrapped it, summed it up in one sentence. Yeah. Like, I'm not giving no discounts on me. Right. You got to pay pay full price. Full price. Maybe a price and a half. Like, I might put a premium <laughs> on that thing. You know what I mean? Like, no, I bring too much to the table right. for for me to ever allow anybody. And everybody gives discounts at a, at a point in their lives when they right. when they are, um, you know, going through something. Mm-hmm. But the thing is to learn from right. that. To right. learn to keep your value. And after you go through something hard and trying and it questions your womanhood or questions the way that you move and your values, when you rebuild, mm-hmm. now my value is even higher because right. I've learned from that situation. And now I cost more. And if you don't want to pay that price, bye. You can't. Yeah. You, you can't come in. Yeah. If you don't want to pay Access the price denied. of admission, <laughs> you Access can't come denied. in. Absolutely. You know, when we go to the club and they say $20 at the door— we pull out our pocket, we pull out our purse, and we pay that twenty dollars. We don't sit there and be like, "Oh well, can I only got five? Can I get in for five? Yeah. Can I get in for ten? They go. I used to work at a club at the door taking money, and there used to be people that came up and said, "Oh well, I don't have twenty. Well, then you can't come in. Exactly. That's what I'm this saying. This is the price of admission. Exactly. And we need to have that mentality for all. Stop men. giving discounts. If it's a thousand dollars to get in your door, then that's what you charge. Yeah. You don't charge him nine ninety nine ninety nine. Exactly. You take. You get your penny. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You stack them coins. Like, and then I feel like. Um, Black men give up on us sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, they get on, and then they get them something foreign, and Mm -hmm. they feel like that's better and prettier and more— Easier. Easier, more exotic. Because I can tell you, as a black woman, I'm a motherfucker. Like, like, I am the ultimate bitch. Like, my husband— is—but I have also have a strong husband who can handle that. Like, he doesn't want a submissive woman because I have to be able to match his business acumen. I have to be able to match— his fly. Right. You know what I mean? So he needs somebody strong. He can't have no submissive girl who's looking at her feet, don't know how to handle a conversation in a conference room. You know what I mean? He needs me to be the person that steps up when he might be lacking one day. Right. Or when he might be off, have an off day. Right. Ash got to step up. Yeah. And that's something that a black woman is going to always do for you. Right. Like, when you marry um, someone because you think they're better than your race— that I think that's the part. I don't even yeah. think black women don't believe in interracial marriage. I think that's mm-hmm. the part that's offensive, though. Like, you're right. telling me black women aren't good enough for you. Right. So you're leaving this girl who was down for you while you was grinding. And broke. Yeah, and broke. <laughs> and then you get on, and then you, you in your eyes, you upgrade. Right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that, for me, is a little... It's, it's, that's hard to handle. That's Saudi. That, that is. That's yeah. very, very hard to handle because you're basically, like you said, we were there grinding with you. Yeah. You know, you was using our car ah. to drive around, not putting no <laughs> gas in it, <laughs> bringing it back on empty, taking our debit card. Right. And like you said, you get on and all of a sudden we not we not good enough. You know what? I know there's a lot of people that um are either fans of Kevin Gates or don't like Kevin Gates because mm-hmm. of the incident he's had with women. But his wife Didn't he Drica, punch a bitch in Flint? Yes. He punched a bitch in the and in, then in kicked, my city. And kicked one somewhere See, else. That's so that's um, so bold. But what I will say about him is that his wife, Drika, 
was there with him from the beginning. And that's loyalty. And she, he made that girl his wife, and she is a boss. She's beautiful. She's amazing. Yeah. I love her, and I think she has—to hear him talk about her in interviews, mm-hmm. um, I'm just like, this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, he values her. Yeah. And it's amazing. Shout out to Drika. Hey, Drika, if you're listening, we would love to have you on Bitch Code. We would. Perspective <laughs> she's, from, she's very dope. From Drika Gates. Yeah. Drika Gates, that's mm-hmm. her name? Yeah, let's get some perspective from Drika Gates. See if we can get her on the podcast. Yeah, let's do But I, I do respect that. I respect couples that stand the test of time. Right. Because I'm 15 years in to my relationship with my husband. And mm-hmm. every day ain't going to be rosy. Every right. day ain't peachy. Every day ain't ain't easy, you know, but you have to be able to withstand those hard days. You right. have to commit to loving each other when y'all don't like each other very right. much. And that's the hard part. That's the part where some black men be like, man, fuck this. I'm right. going to go get something that's easier. Yeah. And that's that's unfortunate. And it they have to be your best friend. My husband is hands down my best friend. Yeah. And even on days where I don't like him, because yeah. there are days where I'm like, I just don't well, like you like right I now. I want to punch you right. in your face right now. <laughs> I love you, but I don't like you <laughs> right now. Um, tomorrow I'll be a little better. Maybe not even tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe a week from yeah. now. <laughs> like, I'll be a little better. But he will always be my friend. No matter yeah. what happens with him and I, he will always be my friend. And I think that friendship is also what gets us through those hard days. That's those your days foundation. where I'm like, I don't like you. I'm like, God, I gotta tell you something though. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't yes. like you. I really don't want to talk to you, but you're the only person I can talk to about yes. this. So I got to tell you something real yep. quick. And then everything is okay. Yeah. Because through talking to him about something else, we it end breaks up the ice. Yeah, it breaks the ice. Yep. And then we're okay. I can definitely relate to that. Like, I hate when I'm mad at my husband. Right. Like, just living at him. <laughs> but I got, he's the only person in the world who will understand this one thing that right. I got to say. And I just got to get it off my chest. So I just be like, all right, let me wave this white flag real right. quick. <laughs> I quit. It's right, over. Right. right. Just come like, here. Give me a hug. I give in. <laughs> I still, I'm so petty. I still don't be wanting the hug. I'll be like, yeah, you all right. Let me tell you this, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> my favorite question to my husband is, we got beef. Uh, and depending on his answer, because sometimes he'll be like, nah, or maybe, or I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Right. So if I get the I'm thinking about it phrase, I just slide on in there with no beef. Right. And then we good. Yeah, good. <laughs> My thing is, um, what do I say to him? Why are you so mad? <laughs> like, I'll flip it on him. Like, what you mad for? Like, nigga, you're going to be with me anyway, so we might as well just drop right. it. Right. Like, just get over it. Then I hate when I let a, an argument linger. Like, for days. Like, right. he holding his front, I'm holding my front. And we just mad at each other. Right. And then at the end of the argument, I'd be like, what was all this even for? Because he not leaving, I'm not, not leaving. leaving. We clearly, we 15 years in. Right. Ain't nobody leaving. Right. So let's just squash the argument before it happened and be happy. And like, the crazy part is, it probably ain't no argument you ain't already had two times, five before. times down the road. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's just like, all right, I, at this point, when I argue with my husband, I'm like, all right, let's just agree to disagree and just move on. Yeah, because my ass will hit refresh on the argument See? in a minute. Like, okay, say some stuff that we done settled and we done solved. If I think about it again <laughs> on the right day, we might be rehashing that <laughs> argument. Like, You're so petty. I am. <laughs> I petty bitch. Like, I am queen petty. Petty boo. No, not me. I just be ready to get it done when I'm like, okay, Girl, we're not going to agree. Let's just. It's that agree. Leo in me. It is. And my husband's a Leo. See? So he's very much, he doesn't hit the reset button, but he's very much like, 
this is what my opinion is. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that's about to come out your mouth that's, that's going to change, change it. it. Yeah. And 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 because I'm with him, and I'm a Capricorn, so we're like, love everybody. Yeah, it's just you like, are like that. You are <laughs> rainbow. like, all right. <laughs> all right, fine. If that's what you're going to think, then I'm still going to think this. But I'm just going to pretend like I think your way and say, drop right, it. Right, right. <laughs> well, we're going to take a little bit of break. We got to pay some bills, get in here and promote a couple things, and we'll be back in a second. It's the Bitch Code. You can call me a bitch, just making sure you put the word boss in front of it. We're going to take a quick break to bring you the latest book from New York Times bestselling authors Ashley and Jaquavis. The Cartel series is back and more deadly than ever. Las Vegas, a city built on obscene wealth and corrupt dealings, cunning entrepreneurs, and the ruthless mob. The cartel's plan to open a casino will rake in cash, but comes with great sacrifice. The stakes have never been this high, and the rules of the game have never been this hard to manipulate. And when one dead girl, one scorned wife, and one hole in the desert launch a chain of catastrophic events, the cartel is sent on a downward spiral as they battle the Arabian mob and fight traitors within their circle. Will the cartel prevail or fall victim to the city's black cloud? And if there's one rule in the town of Vegas, it's that when the dust settles, there can only be one winner in the Cartel Six, The Demise, published by St. Martin's Press, available now for pre-order on Amazon.com. Okay, and we're back at it. Thank you for listening to the promotions. If if y'all support the promotions, go to the websites and buy, buy, buy the stuff. <laughs> keep the lights on in right. the studio. Like, keep us going. This is our first show. So if you're enjoying it, you want to hear more, support our sponsors. The sponsors are important to the show. Yeah. So back at it. We're going to move on to the Bitch Testaments. Okay. So every week... Um, we're going to have the fans email in, mm-hmm. the listeners email in with questions that they want us to answer. Mm-hmm. So the question this week is, Dear Bitch Cole, mm-hmm. I'm a 27-year-old woman with one child, and I'm engaged to be married. My fiancé wants me to be a full-time wife and mom after the wedding. He is an engineer and makes more than enough money to take care of our family on his own. Should I oblige him and quit my job after we say I do? You want me to go at this first? Go ahead. I already know what I'm going to say. <laughs> um... <laughs> I was a stay-at-home mom once I moved to Michigan. I was a stay-at-home mom for a little over a year, and I enjoyed it. Okay. I did. I enjoyed the time with my children. I enjoyed um, being able to have dinner ready for my husband when he came home and all of that good stuff. Um, I think my transition would have been a lot easier if—I'm from Ohio— if I was a stay-at-home mom in Ohio because I have friends there. Mm -hmm. I didn't know you when I first moved to Michigan. Right. I didn't have any friends. So it was just myself, the kids, hubby. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know where I was going. I GPS my way everywhere. Mm-hmm. And to a certain extent, GPS saved my life. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's very, very frustrating when you don't know where you're going. Right. You don't know where anything is. So I could GPS my way around, but I don't, some things I didn't even know were there. Right. So I'm Googling everything before I leave the house, trying to make sure I, can, I know my way back just in the case my phone died or mm-hmm. my GPS stopped working or whatever the case may be. Um, so those times were very, very frustrating. I think the one mistake that I made when um, I first became a stay-at-home mom is not having a side hustle. Okay. I've always had my own money. And even when I moved, I still brought my own money with me. Mm-hmm. And it was always my plan B money. If this food don't act right, right. you know what I mean? Because 
I wasn't married when I first moved to Michigan. Okay. So if he decided that he going to move me up here and start acting crazy, which yeah. I didn't think he was, but still you just don't know sometimes. Yeah, as a grown woman, I need you have money to plan for that. To get myself home. Yeah. I've always had my own car, so it wasn't like he can take my car from me and I didn't have any transportation. Mm-hmm. I have enough money to get myself, my children back to Ohio right, right. <laughs> at any given time, and I have enough money to sustain us until I can find a job. Mm-hmm. So I've always had Plan B money. I okay. still got Plan B money. I um, feel like that's as a woman, that's your duty, right, to have that money. Because even if I don't use it, and I'm not saying Plan B money is if he leaves me. Plan B money could be if I lose my job, mm-hmm. if he loses his job, yep. if if things just start to fall apart, we need something to fall back on. Right. But I think that was my mistake as a first time stay at home mom is not having a hustle to continuously generate money. Got that you. money, my plan B money just sits there and does nothing mm-hmm. until I need it. Right. But I became very bored. Him and I got into arguments over nothing mm-hmm. just because I need some entertainment. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um listener, don't make that same mistake. If you're gonna be a, a stay at home mom, give yourself something to do. Give yourself a hustle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I do. I, because I'm one of those people that I feel like um, a woman should never fully depend on someone else to take care of them. Right. Not even just your man, your parents, right. anybody. As a woman, you should always be able to maintain mm-hmm. your lifestyle if somebody chooses to walk away from you. Right. Like, that's just important. You know, we, uh, we get into this role um, as being dependent. You know, where we're dependent on our husbands or our boyfriends. Right. And I trust my my husband with everything in me. Mm-hmm. But I would never not have my own. Right. You know what I mean? I, like, I'm too independent for that. I don't want to have to ask you for everything. Mm-hmm. When I want to invest in something, I don't want to have to ask you to use your money to invest in it. Right. When I want to get my hair done, I don't want to have to ask you for money to go do that. Right. If I want to blow a bag at the casino... Maybe I don't want you to know how much I blew right. up. Right. You, know? you know what I mean? Like, I want to use my own money. Right. Like, I want to have some type of self-sufficiency. Right. Just to make me feel like an adult. Yeah. To make me feel like a grown-up. Like, I don't feel like I would be able to have the voice and the input mm-hmm. in my marriage if I didn't bring something, something to the table. Something. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. want I don't want you to wake up one day and resent me because you're working so hard and— I'm just kind of riding your wave. Right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's important. And people change. Right. Things change. Circumstances yeah. change. Mm-hmm. Like, as a woman, you always have to be able to walk away from something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what if your man is tired of you? Right. And he don't love you no more. Yeah. You know what I mean? What if he want to replace you with one of these side, side chicks? Right. <laughs> what are you going to do when you're put in that circumstance? Right. Like, because tears don't pay the bill. No. You know what I mean? Loves don't pay the bill. No. Love don't pay the bill. That You have to be as a grown woman. Right. You know, as a young woman, those are, are learning. You have a learning curve. Right. You have a learning curve from the age of, I want to say, 18 to about mm, 25. Right. To, to learn these life lessons. Mm-hmm. But from 25 upward... You're a grown woman. Yep. And you have to act accordingly. Mm-hmm. And what if your husband or your boyfriend, even if things are peachy keen, even mm-hmm. if things are great, what if something happens to his income? And he, now he's looking at you. Like, well, you ain't been working all this time. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you should be able to kick in when your partner is weak. Exactly. So there has to be, uh, 
I feel like both should be hustling towards yeah. the same goals. Yes. That's the thing. When you're together and it's good, you're you're hustling towards the same goals. Right. So both of you are bringing something to the table mm-hmm. and you're building your table. Right. You know what I mean? You're building, building your meals. You're building what you're eating. Like right. you, you chasing. Right. But, and then if things go wrong, the goals just separate. Right. But you have your own money mm-hmm. to chase your independent goal right. if he decides to chase an independent goal. Exactly. You know what I mean? I feel like that's just being responsible, especially when you have children. Especially when... Cause, because you can't put a price tag on the service that you're going to be able to provide to your children by being a stay-at-home mom. Absolutely. You're going to be able to make PTA meetings yeah. and t- parent-teacher conference and go to soccer games and basketball games yeah. and football games. And you don't have work interfering with that. Yeah. So that's priceless. That is priceless. You know what I mean? And that's you worth can't something. buy that. And it is worth yeah, something. Because while you're doing that, you know, your man might be out making the actual dollar, but mm-hmm. you're investing in your home. Right. But all men don't respect that. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like that that's I feel like that's something that other women respect in each other. Mm-hmm. Because men don't really understand how hard it is to make all of those things work in right. sync. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. the only thing they know is that when they get home, they, they drawers washed. Right. They, they food <laughs> on the table. You know what I mean? The house right. is clean and you waiting. Right. That's all they know. But they don't know how much it took for you to get Right. their home that well prepared. Right. So they're not putting a dollar on that. Exactly. You know what I mean? They're not giving you your props in dollar amount. Exactly. But when things fall and you, that was the only thing that you were doing is preparing your house for your children and your right. husband, now you you out you're of luck. liability. Yeah, you're a liability. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So let's not become liabilities, exactly. ladies. Exactly. Like, let's make sure that you have your crown on. Right. And you have Always. your own jewels to put in your crown. Exactly. Don't wait on your king to put your jewels in your crown. Right. Crown yourself sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. make sure that you're established and that you are chasing Chasing, chasing the bread too. Yeah, like I just, I don't know. It's just me. I'm just, I just couldn't be yeah. dependent only on my husband's income. And that's why I got into extreme couponing because I was a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. And I, I was on Instagram, scrolling through Instagram one day, and I said, "Hmm, not only can I provide for my family mm-hmm. at a lower cost, I can make money doing this." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it became one of those things where I found myself. I was good at it. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And my family will never run out of toilet tissue. Uh. <laughs> or laundry detergent. Or toothbrush. Or you are or lotion. <laughs> girl, you know you owe when you find the value in taking a whole day to coupon. Yes. Like, we not young bucks no, no. more. No. <laughs> we are old. Listen, young girls, young girls, get into coupon and never pay full price for anything. Oh, my retail. God. My, my, my PSA for today. So this is my thing. What do you do, like, when your husband come home and he like, you been doing all this damn coupon and all day. What else do you do? But, see, my husband, because I, I have such a good husband, he comes home and he says, okay, You've been doing all this couponing. What I want you to do is I want you to write down everything you have in your inventory. Mm-hmm. I want you to write down how much it costs you to get those things. And then I want you to write down your resale price. And let's figure out what profit you're going to make off this. That's dope. He's supportive. Yeah. He's like, okay, if this is what you like to do, I see that you're good at it. So we're going to go ahead and make this thing official. And then when are we setting up your stockpile sale? And, you know, when I got to make sure I'm there that weekend to help you out. So he's... On board. Now, this is my thing. The couponing thing and the stockpiling thing, all of that to me translates in business. Mm-hmm. So you're in the business of buying low, selling high. Right. So that in itself would be 
the interest. Mm-hmm. Buying low, selling high. It don't right. even necessarily have to be couponing. You right. see what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. that's your interest. I, I want to buy low. I want to sell, sell high. high. Right. Me, I would be like, okay, how can I elevate this? Right. Can I buy a car low and sell it high? Can mm-hmm. I buy a house low and sell it high? Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Can I start a boutique, buy clothes low, sell it high? Right. Can I invest in this hair business, find a connect, buy a low, sell, sell it high? high? Right. Like, that's just the nature of the flip. Right. You know what I mean? You're training yourself with this couponing thing, mm-hmm. but the next step to add even more jewels to your crown is, mm-hmm. hmm, all right, let's in- let's incorporate this. Right. How can I make this a corporation? Right. How can I make this a full standing running business that I can pass down to my, my children? children. Right. You know what I mean? The couponing is just programming you. It's right. teaching you how to think. Mm-hmm. It's teaching you how to buy low and sell high on a smaller scale to where you're Mm -hmm. not taking no risk. Mm -hmm. But once you master that, now it's time to level up. To expand, right. You see what I'm saying? It's levels. Yeah, it's levels. But you have to have the foresight. You have to have the vision to see that Mm -hmm. and to tap into your talents and say, how can this get me paid? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and I feel like as long as you're doing that, as long as you have that ambition and you're chasing those goals, you'll be adding value. Yep. You'll be adding value. Agreed. And you won't ever be in a position where you can be shit out of luck. Right. If somebody decides that they're not interested in you no more. Right. True. You have to have—I've worked in retail all my life, mm-hmm. pretty much. I don't work in retail anymore, but from a young age, I was a store manager. I was a sales associate. I can sell anything to anyone. Mm-hmm. Just because it's my passion is to sell, I got into the buy low, sell high, but I'm a natural salesperson. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can make you, I can sell water to a well. See? Shout out to you a pimp. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Funny it was legal in Michigan. Right. Like, buy these bitches. I'd be the Detroit madam right, around look. here, right? <laughs> buy them, upgrade them, sell them. Right. right. <laughs> For real, though. I mean, bitches out here selling their souls anyway. For cheap. Like, too cheap. I can get you a higher price, girl. Like, let me let me go ahead and lead you On to the, the slaughter. Oh, I'm the plug. Lead the lamb to the slaughter, dog. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. But yes, listener, it's it's definitely about finding that thing that will put those jewels in your crown. Yeah. So the bitch testament would be is thou shall have her own at all times. At all times. All times. Take that one to the bank. <laughs> For real. <laughs> so if you're a listener and you want us to answer one of your questions, make sure that you email us at bcoldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'll choose one every week, and then we'll answer it for you. You might not agree with it, but we'll answer it. So we're going to take a break after this segment, and then we're going to come back, uh, maybe talk a little bit more shit, and then wrap it up. That'll be it for the first podcast. May your days be filled with sunshine and glitter and your attitude always bitchy. It's the Bitch Cold Podcast. All right, and we are back from our little commercial break. Mm-hmm. I feel so like Hollywood saying commercial break. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like we got commercials and shit. Like, we own. Right. <laughs> I ain't mad at it. But this is a podcast where we are always going to celebrate uh, positivity among Women, among all women, not right. just black women. We're going to celebrate the positivity and, and acknowledge the strides that women are making in the universe. And our boss B of the week, I feel like, should be Aisha Curry. Yeah. Yeah, I like Mrs. I Curry. I love her. She's a class act. She is a class act. And she just uh, signed a deal for a cooking show. Mm. Uh, Does she know. have a cookbook as well? I'm not sure, but if she okay. does, I, I don't doubt it. Yeah. Like, I, I can respect a woman who... 
allows her man to be the breadwinner, mm-hmm. but then still has the hustle about herself at home. Right. You know, she's raising two daughters, right. and she's still going to get that check. I mean, and if anybody can sit at home and get manicures and pedicures all day long, it's her because her man is making major dough. Exactly. So, she's if she can still get off her behind then you and can. do her thing. Then, do her. Yeah, then you can. <laughs> right. Bitch, if you at home right. listening and you ain't getting your own check, take a note from Aisha Curry and go right. get it. Like, go get it. And then she's doing it with class. She's not selling herself. Mm-hmm. She isn't on display in an inappropriate way. Right. You know, she's not on Instagram doing the little thought poses. Right. Like, she's just, she's being an example for women everywhere. And she's being an example for the the, the children that she's raising. And right. she's a good accessory on her husband's arm. She is. You know what I mean? She I, makes him look great. She girl. makes, she only adds to his stock. Exactly. She, she And she in no way takes away from it. Exactly. And that's a beautiful thing. And I always say that the two most valuable possessions that a man has is God and a wife. Yeah. Like, your wife is better than your Rolex. Like, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you bring an educated woman into the room, who knows how to carry herself, who knows mm-hmm. how to um, keep herself together. Right. Like, you can take over the world. Easily. Easily. Look at Barack and Michelle. Yeah. Look at Jay-Z and Beyonce. Yeah. Look at Ashley and Jaguavis. Mm-hmm. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you know I had to throw that in there. <laughs> I thought you was going to go all the way down. I'm like, look at Papoose and Remy Ma. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shout out to Remy Ma. I love Remy Ma. Right. Oh, can we get her? Yeah. Remy on Remy Ma, come chill with the ladies of Bitch Code. I think she will have a good time. Oh, my God. You will have an amazing time here. I think we need to kind of explore that. I do, too. I would love to get Pat Poos in here. His love for her runs so deep, yo. I just be looking like... It's admirable. (sighs) How many niggas do you know gonna ride out a prison sentence? With a woman. With a woman. It's normally the other way around. Exactly. Oh, my God. Like, ain't no little side chicks came out and said, oh, I was fucking with him while Remy was live. You know what I mean? Like, none of that. And even if... Man, listen, if it was, he handled his business like a boss is supposed to. Thank you. It never got back to Remy's doorstep. Never. I can respect that. So maybe we don't need Remy. Maybe we need Papoose on the bitch call. Maybe. To get a male's perspective on things. That would be dope. That would be. How loud is Papoose? What? Holla at us, Pat Poos. Yeah, okay. holla at us, Pat Poos. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Did that, you thought I said? I don't know, but that all ran it together. It ran together too fast. <laughs> I told you it was too early in the morning. You got to lay stuff out for me. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for tuning in to our very first show. We hope you come back to hear us pop shit. I think we had a good time. I think we had a few laughs. Mm-hmm. On the next show, we will have the first lady of BMF, Miss Juice herself, joining us. It'll be a great time. It's her very first national interview. I can't believe she chose us to give her the her. I'm super interview. excited. I'm excited too. Like there are so many things that I want to know about her, about BMF. Right. I think it's gonna be an amazing time. And he's not he's not too many years off from coming home, is he? Who, Big Meach? I don't know, but we can ask Juice when she comes. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's no better source to get it from. Like she's basically the horse's mouth. Right. So we'll be able to get a lot of insight on such a notorious crime family, especially right. in um, our our community. You know, right. our culture, they, they like, they pushed that drug culture forward. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they Definitely. were it. So I'm interested in, in interviewing her. She's never spoken to anyone on the record about her time with BMF, so it'll be fun. 
But in this podcast, we're going to laugh a little bit, talk about some serious issues. We're always going to spill the tea and give our listeners a good time. We can't promise you you're going to always agree with our views, but we can promise that the podcast will always be lit. Um, Ladies, we are speaking for you. And fellas, these are the type of things that women talk about when you ain't in the room. So whether you're a bad bitch, bum bitch, classy bitch, ratchet bitch, ugly bitch, Pretty bitch, boss bitch, <laughs> petty bitch, educated bitch, real bitch, or a bitch-ass nigga. <laughs> you should be able to enjoy the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on IG at Ashley Antoinette. I'm on Twitter on, on Twitter at Novelista. Also, hit up the official IG page at Bitch Cold Podcast. V, you got anything for the people before we get out of here? Um, thank you guys for listening. If you love the podcast, which we hope you did, tell everybody. You're right. And if you hated it, keep it to yourself. Keep it to your motherfucking <laughs> self. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> and you can follow me on IG at Bitch Cold underscore V. That's V-E-E. All right. And we out. It's the Bitch Cold Podcast.